It's us at Delisted the Podcast again. I'm Michael K. And I'm Emma. You didn't know. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped on you there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I, so I, excited. I deserved it. <laughs> you know, I just love doing this podcast so much. It's the highlight of my week. You're ready to go. I really am. I'm amped you up. You have like the Vaseline smeared on your face and the razors in your hair and you're ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, it's more like I have some clip-on or press-on nails on my nails. So we're recording this on Tuesday, July 30th, yes. 2019. And Allison, we need to breeze through this mm-hmm. because tonight is the first night of the latest Democratic presidential debate. And so I need to see Marianne Williamson howl at the moon or bust out into a Stevie Nicks song or whatever she does. She's still involved? Good for her. Uh, I don't know if it's good for her because... <laughs> <laughs> Because she's going to show up and just go like shrug her shoulders. Because she's probably like, going to, because well. Twitter eats her up, so she's probably going to win. Yeah. That's what happens nowadays. So let's get to it, yeah. starting with Army Hammer, mm-hmm. which, okay. So Army Hammer, for those of you who don't know, is that rich kid turned actor. He's been in the social network, Call Me By Your Name, Man From Uncle. Mm-hmm. You know who he is. He He's a mess. It, no, so, if, I was going to say, if I could do, like, the growl noise, I would do it. Because he's a mess, but he's also a hot mess. Uh, He's, well, yeah, he's hot. He's bland, but hot. He's basic hot. It's true. Ugh. So before we get into his latest mess, let's go over his history of messiness real quick. Mm-hmm. So Army said in a Playboy interview in 2013 that he loves to pull hair and choke a little during sex but he doesn't really do that with his wife, Elizabeth Chambers, because she's a feminist and he respects her too much. He's so cute. (laughs) What? (laughs) Bitch, if you don't respect me enough to disrespect me in the bedroom, don't. Like, we've got a problem. I think that's a Marilyn Monroe quote, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Shakespeare. No, Mm -hmm. Shakespeare. Same, Same thing. So when Stan Lee died last year, Army called out celebrities who mourned Stan Lee by posting a picture they took with him, saying that they were promoting themselves while pretending to be sad. Which, okay, he has a point, but out of all the things to bring up about Stanley's death, really. Yeah, wrong time. Army also quit Twitter in 2017 after throwing a hissy fit over BuzzFeed writer Anne Helen Peterson, who wrote an article titled... 10 long years of trying to make Army Hammer happen. Rude. <laughs> so, oh my God, are you really going to come out as an Army Hammer stand in this episode? I'm Shut all, it down. I'm all the way out. The door's off the hinges. Shut it down. Okay, so the article explains itself. Yeah. And Army hit back at Anne before quitting Twitter. So the thing is, like, most didn't even know that the article existed until he pointed it out. And also, I mean, it's a BuzzFeed listicle. It's Yeah, it's kind of like a who cares. Well, an army has happened. I mean, he's yeah. rich. He works constantly. It's not that serious. No. So army was also caught in 2017 liking a bunch of bondage tweets on Twitter. And that's honestly the least messy thing about him. That's not messy. No, it's not. It made me kind of like him. Oh, it made me. Re- Do I even have to say that it made me like oh, him? Oh, God, I don't want to know, Allison. <laughs> so that leads us to this weekend. When Army posted a short Instagram story of his two-year-old son, Ford Hammer. Like, these waspy-ass names. I know. (laughs) I know. I I can't get behind that. Ford Hammer was full-on sucking on his dad's toes. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, Ford must like the taste of white bread and foot cheese because he was really sucking on those toes. Mm -hmm. But I mean, but whatever. Kids are weird. Yeah, kids are totally kids. They do weird things. Yeah. But Army is wrong for posting it. And he's really wrong for adding the hashtag foot fetish on fleek and (laughs) saying the toast sucking lasted seven minutes. Army's wife can also be heard off camera saying, This is not normal. Oh my God. Well, first of all, uh, Army using the term fleek in 2019, that's offensive. Very offensive. Yeah. But also, yeah, saying like, calling it a foot fetish like kids yeah when it's your fetish. kid and kids no, don't have that's fetishes. sexualizing it it is it makes it takes it from gross to weird well that makes it sound like quentin tarantino has a side gig as creative director of army hammer's twitter instagram <laughs> whatever it was instagram <laughs> twitter whatever so army ended up trending on twitter because of the video and so he took it down yeah but there were all kinds of opinions. So some think the video and captions were fine, which uh, others think that the toe sucking was fine, but the caption and posting it was wrong. Others think that toe sucking in general was wrong and that Army should teach his kid not to eat feet. <laughs> this sounds like a BuzzFeed quiz. It's like, which, si- which side of the <laughs> Army Hammer debate do you fall on? <laughs> and Army would be pissed about it. He'd, yeah. he'd quit Instagram over it. <laughs> So Army hasn't said anything, and he let his wife clean up this mess. There's a pun in there, probably, Mm -hmm. but let's not go there. So she, Elizabeth, his wife, responded saying, It wasn't seven minutes, more like five seconds. Our son likes to play with people's feet, and I put the video on our family stream because this phase is an ongoing joke. Um, She admitted that like sharing the video on Instagram was definitely not the best move on Instagram. A's part. She calls him A. Yeah. I can assure you that our children's safety and well-being is always our first priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not their first priority. Yeah, feet sucking's their first priority. Well, because if it was their first priority, they wouldn't put it on Instagram because then they're going to scar him when he gets to the age where he realizes his parents put a video of him sucking toes on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> he's eating be, daddy's toe jam he's gonna be super scarred when he like searches his dad and like those hits that come up are like army hammer likes to choke army hammer likes to pull hair army hammer foot fetish and he'll be like oh no i'm involved in that last one yeah they're wrong for that yeah also like okay as speaking as the parent of a, a baby that loves toes my my baby loves feet she loves like touching feet and she'll try to suck a toe if she can get her mouth close to it the last thing that I would do is pull up my phone and take a video of it. Like, my hands are usually too busy pulling her away, being like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that she tried to eat your toes. Like, it's gross. Feet are gross. I don't even think it's weird taking a video of it, but, like, sharing to it to everyone and calling it a fetish. That's that's wrong. They're yeah. Wrong for that. Like, kids, like, I get it. Kids are gross and disgusting. And that, they have no manners. They don't. But that... It reminded me, so there's this image that has been forever burned into my brain. Okay. So when I lived in New York City, my sister and I, we were on the subway. It was summer, it was hot, it was disgusting. Right. So there was this little girl leaning up against the pole. I don't know how old she was, but she was young. Like, how old are you when you learn how to stand on your own? A year. A year? Yeah. Okay. My my kid's trying to stand up and she's only seven months old. <laughs> it's like a year Okay, old. she was older than that. Okay. So let's say three years old. <laughs> okay. Uh, so 
she's standing there on the pole, like leaning against the pole, and suddenly she started licking the pole. Oh, like God. an ice cream cone. And another girl who was older saw and was like, ew. And I heaved, and then I said a prayer for that little girl because who knows what she ingested. Oh. So the point is, kids are gross. Kids are so gross. That's, oh, I don't feel well after knowing about no, pole girl. No, it's disgusting. But her, pa- well, her parents should have pulled her off, pulled her away. Yeah, but the parents. Like, at least her parent wasn't recording it and then uploading it to Instagram. Instagram didn't exist back then, but. And being like, look at this little freak, hashtag pole liquor. <laughs> yeah. So oh. that, that, speaking of, Allison, was there anything you did as a kid that was gross and that you're glad never made it to Instagram. Yeah, actually there's something I like when when I was thinking about this, my first thought was, oh, I never did anything that gross, right? Like naturally. Which impossible. Impossible cuz yeah, I'm Well, you're an army hammer stan, so you obviously have a there's something going on there. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gross. That's your gross thing. That's the gross. But as a child, as, as a, child. a child. Okay. So, um I lived in one of those houses where we were never allowed to have like fruit roll-ups and stuff. Yeah, same with me. Right. Yeah. So, um I got a fruit roll-up one time probably from a friend who like maybe took pity on me and was like, "Oh, you have an orange as a snack." Yeah. Again, I, it wasn't that bad. My mom gave us granola bars, but anyway, I got a fruit roll up and I like treasured that thing because I knew I was like, I'm not going to get another fruit roll up for like years. So I took a pencil. So I had a pencil that was like a little bit thicker than a normal pencil. Okay. I think a lot of kids had them. Anyway, I wrapped the fruit roll up around the eraser part, like around like the metal part that connected the. Okay. Okay. The whole thing? Yeah. I like folded it and I wrapped it around it so that it was like this giant pencil. A dozen times? Yeah. Okay. And then. I sat there and like slowly ate at it over the span of like a week. So I would like put it in my desk and take it out and eat at it. And then at the end, I realized like I was eating fruit roll up, but I was also eating all the metal part off of like the metal connector with the eraser and like eating eraser bits. And also the pencil was like a glitter pencil. And I was, I was eating like wood chips and all kinds of shit. This explains a lot. Yeah. This is how it all started. And it was a 90s pencil. So, you know, that thing was like filled with chemicals. Oh, yeah. I had lead. Yeah. It had everything in it. Yeah. That's not that gross. I mean, it was probably gross for other kids watching me being like. How long? Wait, how long? How long did it take? A week? Yeah, about a week. You were barely eating that then. Like I said, I was savoring that thing. I didn't know when the next time I'd have I know one. You had a lot of willpower because I would have <laughs> just ate through that thing. <laughs> I would have ate the whole pencil. Yeah. Let's what, be real. What's the grossest thing that you did? Well, I don't remember this, but my mom and sister talk about it a lot. Okay. I don't remember how old I was. Okay. It was last week. No, mm-hmm. I was probably like a toddler-ish. Okay. So, but I like to look out the window like a cat. <laughs> so I sit by the window and I look out <laughs> like a cat like or like a dog. A <laughs> okay. And it does explain a lot. And my mom tells me that whenever a fly was buzzing around the window, I'd catch it and then eat it like a Ew. lizard. Ew, <laughs> like a lizard. I would do that several, like a fly would, and I would catch it and then I would eat it. Did you know what you were doing? I was a toddler. I, I mean, I, I mean, I was gross. Kids <laughs> are gross. But the thing that bothers me is like my mom... And my sister were old enough to know that was wrong. And they they would laugh and say it was funny. Yeah, it was like real funny 
watching me eat a dog shit stuff fly. Well, flies eat dog shit, yeah. right? Maybe your mom. Yeah. Maybe your mom was trying to save money on like fly strips and raid, and she was like, you know what, my kids and can food. eat them and food. <laughs> yeah, this kid's yeah, taking right. care of a whole bunch of things. But I should still call CPS on her because that's not that's wrong. And but it, at least it didn't end up on Instagram with like a hash, hashtag dog shit eater on fleek or whatever fly eater on fleek <laughs> hashtag insect sucker <laughs> okay so now let's move on to the royals mm-hmm. so edward Enenful, who's the editor of british vogue he asked duchess megan to be on the cover of their big september issue which is the most important issue of the yeah. year she turned it down and instead asked him if she could guest edit the september issue and that has never happened before. The British Vogue has never had a guest editor on the September issue. No. So Edward agreed, and Megan's cover theme was Forces of Change, mm-hmm. and it features 15 women who are change makers. And there's a 16th spot, <laughs> which is a square mirror, because of Megan says that I know, says that when you hold the issue you will see yourself and know you're part of the collective oh my god how, and that's true how i mean you're a change maker allison you changed a diaper today at least right i did yes and and i'm and i'm yeah and i'm trying to change people's attitudes on army hammer i'm not successful but anyway. you're, you're never going to be successful no. so some of the women featured on the cover are new zealand prime minister jacinda ardern good choice teenage climate activist greta thunberg Laverne Cox, mm-hmm. star of Cats, Francesca Hayward, mm-hmm. disability rights activist Sinead Burke, Jane Fonda, Gemma Chan, Chrissy Turlington, Salma Hayek, and Jamila Jamil. Mm-hmm. So in the issue, Megan interviews Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. and Prince Harry talks to Jane Goodall and says he only wants two kids max. Mm-hmm. So Megan's editor's letter is, I mean, it's pretty cringeworthy. It's cheesy. Like, I- she writes... Many moons ago, she read shit like that. Oh, God. I mean, look, she we all read her blog. None of us should be surprised that she started it out with, like, many moons ago. Well, and she, no, that's not how she started. She started oh. it off with, it was in early January on a cold and blustery London day. Oh, God, even worse. I know. I know I'm not the one to be calling out someone's writing skills. I know. Really. <laughs> it's like rich mom blogger writing. Yeah. And honestly, it's a lie. Like, she never experiences cold or, you know, blustering, blustering. days. And she's got Prince Hotchinge sending fire to those loins. <laughs> so she really needs to stop. Anyway, so since the British tabloids hate everything Megan does, everything, yeah. they have called her out for being too political with the British Vogue issue. Because, you know, royals aren't supposed to get into politics. Right, exactly. Which is like, shut up. It's about equality, diversity. Like, just shut up. So, but we're not going to give too much attention to that. And we're not going to deep dive into this historical Vogue issue because we are delisted the podcast and Mm -hmm. we focus on important stories, Mm -hmm. which is why we're going to talk about this trash one from the sun. Yeah. Out of the way, Vogue cover. (laughs) So Megan, Harry and their baby Archie live in Frogmore Cottage, which is on Windsor Estate in the country. Yes. They live on a state, but there's people who live around the estate. And apparently, Megan and Harry's staff gave neighbors a list of rules. So these are the list of rules. Mm-hmm. Don't approach or instigate conversation if you see the royal couple. Mm-hmm. Do say good morning or some other pleasantry if they speak to you. Don't pet or stroke their dogs, even if they come over to you. Don't offer to walk their dogs. 
Don't ask to see baby Archie or offer to babysit. Don't post anything through the letterbox of Frogmore Cottage. Honestly, the most offensive ones are the ones about the dog. If a dog comes over to me, you think I'm going to hold my hand back and not pet that dog? Please. Do you ask first, though? Because that dog could bite your ass. I do. You have to say, can I pet your dog? No, I would say... Is your dog Cujo? (laughs) No, I would say, may I say hello to your dog? And then, yeah... Well, hello means pet, because I'd be like, yeah, you can say hello. And then when you go to pet, I said, I said you can say hello, not touch him. I'd be like, yeah, I say hello with my hands. (laughs) Hashtag gonna touch that dog. (laughs) But yeah, like, that's, yeah. Well, that list to me is inspirational. And honestly, I want to print it out and give it to my neighbors, because I guess I want to get my house egged and TP'd and Rice Krispies on the lawn. Ooh, I love Rice Krispies on the lawn. Oh, oh my God, it fucks up your lawn. No, sorry. I just thought of like Rice Krispie Squares, not the cereal. I don't want the cereal. I would love oh it. Oh my God, they're cereal. like, that's probably what they do in Canada because y'all are so polite. You yeah. throw Rice Krispie treats on the lawn. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Rice Krispies like messes up the lawn. It I ruins the lawn. I've never heard of that. Yeah, like it, they, you know, you put them on the lawn, you sprinkle them on the lawn, you wet them and then they dry and then your lawn is fucked. Yuck. Oh, my God. I don't even think they have Rice Krispies over in England. It's probably called, like, Pippi Pops or something like that. It definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So here's the thing. All of their neighbors, quote, unquote, neighbors, it's not like they live in, like, a subdivision. And this is just, like, Joe and Jerry McGarnagal who, like, live down the lane. These are people that work for them. Correct? No. These are people outside of the estate. So these aren't people that live on the estate. These are like people, like they live around the estate. Okay. But like, why would Duchess, Megan and Harry ever be outside of their house? That's, they're not. Like, if someone's going to walk the dog outside of the estate, it's not going to be them. Yeah. And also, it seems like if they are going to walk their dog outside of the estate, let's say they want to leave their like gated home. I get it. And they want to go for a walk. Don't you think it would be... Like, don't you think it's kind of crazy to say, like, do not look at them, do not touch the dog? Like, it, it's sort of like, if you have that attitude about your neighbors, you just would, like, never go outside of your house. Yeah, and I'd break every rule. Yeah. I'd, I'd break every single rule, and I'd piss off the sanitation department because I'd prolapse onto the sidewalk <laughs> oh, God. seeing Harry. But yeah, you just wouldn't, and they don't, they probably don't walk around the neighborhood. If they want to walk the dog themselves, they'll walk it around their estate. So... Yeah. A rep for Buckingham Palace claims the demands are real, but didn't come from Meghan or Harry. It came from an overly protective palace official. They said, oh my God, I'm going to do a British accent. Yeah. This this was a... Well, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I started and I was like, I'm going to sound like Celine Dion again. Like, I'm going to sound like an Asian woman. No so, matter what accent I do, I'm going to sound like an Asian woman. That's so, a real treat for the listeners. So they said this was a well-intentioned briefing to help a small local community know how to welcome two new residents and help them with any potential encounter. There was no handout or letter. The talk was undertaken by a local manager and was widely viewed as being well-received. Uh, I mean, do you think it was that well-received? Uh, no. No. <laughs> well, it was probably just a, it was it was probably a real list and they sent it in the mail to the Markles, to Megan's family, the Markles. Yeah. That's who this list is for. They're like, you don't live anywhere near here, but we're just going to consider you a neighbor for the sake of argument. And we know you're going to try to stalk us. So here's yeah. some rules. Yeah. Do not put shit in the mailbox. We don't want your garbage. 
Don't look at the dog because it's been trained to maul you anyways. So <laughs> don't make eye contact unless you want to get mauled. Yeah. Do not ask about Archie. You can follow our Instagram if you really need to know what's going on with him. <laughs> so um, going from going from fancy rich people that have a lot of rules to a fancy holiday that is trying to How change How is this a rules. fancy holiday? You get dressed up for it. Any ho- any holiday where you get dressed up. That's oh, you're talking like British talk, fancy dress. Yeah, exactly. Oh, because oh, because in do th- is that what you in Canada's fancy dress consider a costume wearing a costume? Because in Britain, fancy dress means wearing a costume. Michael, I'll be honest. I meant fancy in the way that like it means I'm gonna put on pants. Okay, I thought we were talking British. You're going. No, I'm pi- I'm I'm going for to. You wear pants on Halloween, anyways. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I took we'll, us off track. <laughs> we'll get into the idea of wearing pants on Halloween in yeah. just a second. So everybody knows that Halloween is on October 31st. It has been for centuries, and at least in North America, because they don't do Halloween in some parts of Europe. Some places are like picking it up, but in general, Halloween is like Canada and the U.S., and that's it. Right. Anyway, point point is, though, it's a big holiday for us. So because there are seven days in the week and not every week gets to be or not every day gets to be a weekend, which sucks for them. But whatever. Halloween can sometimes fall like, you know, Monday to Friday or whatever. Um, And that's not great. Like if you as a kid, you probably didn't care too much. But when you have kids, um, it means you have to like bust your ass to get home from work and like throw your kids in their costume and like shove food in their face and push them out the door like it's it's insane i've been present during halloweens with kids and it's crazy how fast it moves because oh, see i would just i would give them a sheet to wear a ghost costume and push them out the door and say good luck yeah you're a ghost again to, if you need yeah, to collect the candy guess. take the walk sheet that off. way yeah walk yeah. that way yeah so see you when i see you <laughs> yeah have fun don't eat the razor blades so um sunday also kind of sucks because kids will have school the next day and so i mean kids can't even stay out that late so a group called the Halloween and Costume Association, which sounds fun. Sounds very official. Mm-hmm. They started a change.org petition called the Saturday Halloween Movement. And what they want to do is they want to change the date of Halloween from October 31st to the last Saturday in October. Kind of like how we do Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. So it's like changes every year. So, so far, almost 100 and 15,000 people have signed this petition. They're trying to get to 150,000. This isn't the first time that they've done this petition either. They did it last year. And so the reason that they're doing it is because obviously Halloween on a Saturday sounds like way more fun, but they claim that they're doing it from a safety point of view. So they say that there are 3,800 Halloween-related injuries each year. Um, 82% of parents don't use high-visibility aids on their costumes, so like reflector strips or anything like that. So kids are tripping and shit. Getting hit by cars, getting hit by bikes, getting bit by black cats. Yeah, kidnapped by zombies and shit like that. So 63% of children don't carry a flashlight, and 65% of parents don't discuss Halloween safety with their kids. So they're saying, like, if you move it to a Saturday, it can be way more relaxed. It can happen during the day. During the day? Well, like during the light out. Okay, so... How is Michael Myers going to kill these people if Halloween is during the day? He's got to get used to a 3 p.m. time change. He has to wear sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. So, but, okay, really quickly, I'm just going to take a quick break here. So, what I know of Halloween from movies in America is that Halloween does happen during the day when it's light out. Like, there's so many movies I've seen where Halloween is, like, kids are walking around and it's light outside. Is that not something you guys do? No. Okay. I, I would never walked around. At, and we would always wait until... I mean, it would be getting kind of dark. 
Right. But what about, okay, so every year there will be like um, paparazzi pictures released of like celebrities walking around in their gated communities for Halloween. And those pictures are always in the middle of the day as well. Well, those are probably taken in August, set up with, you know, press agents and staged and then released on October 31st. Ah, okay. The Joan Crawford Halloween situation. I get it. So another reason that the Halloween and Costume Association wants to do this is they say that 51% of millennials say that Halloween is their favorite holiday. And so they think it deserves more than just like two hours on a Tuesday night or whatever. Um, And so if it happens... Who are they giving this petition to? The government? Yes, the government. So this is where Snickers comes in. Snickers, the candy bar. So Snickers has pledged to give away one million candy bars if the federal government officially changes the date of Halloween to the last Saturday of the month. And uh, yeah, so I mean, if it happens and Snickers is apparently giving away a million candy bars, which really doesn't seem like enough candy bars to me, but... No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's totally not going to happen. And also, Halloween's not even an official federal holiday anyway. No. Like, people aren't like, uh, people aren't leaving voicemails being like, I'm sorry, I'm out of office. I'm celebrating Halloween. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And to me, if we're going to do that, there needs to be two Halloweens. Okay. Yes. Okay. There needs to be a kid's Halloween, Mm -hmm. which should be on the last Friday of October, Mm -hmm. because then they can wear their costume to school, although some schools don't allow that anymore. And then they can wear the costume to go trick or treating. And then they have all day Saturday to like overdose on the sugar or fall into a sugar coma. Right. And then we should have a adult's Halloween on Saturday night so that, you know, we can drink as much as we want while dressed like sluts and we don't have to worry about going to work in the morning. No. So we have like in Toronto, we have like Halloween weekend. Have you ever had Halloween weekend? Yeah, I think here it's like Halloween week. Right. Yeah. So it's like for on probably Halloween month the whole month of the whole month of October um so it's like forget breast cancer awareness month they're like it's Halloween month now so with Halloween weekend though it's like you get a Friday and you get a Saturday night so I think adults already have a better Halloween anyway like they're gonna celebrate it anyway it doesn't matter if Halloween's on a Monday you're still gonna see drunk people on a Saturday dressed, night. yeah dressed like a cat on a Saturday night and if they're going to do this they're going to pick a change the date of Halloween, they should also have like a curfew, like a time, like okay. 8, 8.30 the latest. Because some of these kids are going, showing up to houses like at 9.30 when I'm already in bed because I'm old. And at that point, it's considered trespassing. It's- and I should really call the police. Like they show up at 9.30 ringing the doorbell asking for candy. And you're like, it's tomorrow already. It's over. Take yeah. off your costume. Also, it's like, how am I supposed to give you candy when I've eaten it already? Yeah, I'm eating it right now in bed. I'm sleeping in the I'm sleeping in a field of wrappers. This is where Allison and I go over five stories, starting with Diddy. So it was reported a few months ago that Diddy, who is 49 years old, is getting with Lori Harvey, who is the 22-year-old stepdaughter of Steve Harvey and used to date Diddy's 25-year-old son, Justin Combs. Mm -hmm. Diddy and Lori were recently papped walking in New York City together, and they were also seen in Malibu recently. So they're probably doing it. Diddy was with Cassie for years, but she finally woke up and moved on to a hot trainer, and she's now pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that like people probably have a problem with Diddy dating his son's alleged ex-girlfriend but i mean it's it's convenient like for example diddy is getting older his memory might not be so good and by dating his son's ex oh my god he's 49 not 89 (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, well, forty ho- f- Hollywood forty nine is basically a regular eighty nine. <laughs> but point is, he, he doesn't have to like guess what to get her for Christmas. He could just like ask his son and be like, "So, what'd you get her last year? Is she a perfume kind of girl? Maybe lingerie? Help me out here." No, he's gonna give her one of his products. He's not even gonna buy shit. He'll just give her a, a, a gift bag of Diddy products. Yes, but so like Steve Harvey. Lori's dad is a cheating mess, so you yeah. know he's high-fiving Diddy over this. He does not think this is gross. He's high-fiving, but also, like, crying inside. No, I think he loves this. I mean, he's Steve Harvey. He's gross. So, <laughs> but, like, listen, I'm all for a father and son sex thing. Like, mm-hmm. I've watched many of those scenes on Pornhub. But a father and son sex thing is only hot if the dad isn't Diddy. Oh, poor Diddy. That's right. I know. But really, Allison, a Diddy stand too. Oh my God, this is our last episode. Everybody. <laughs> oh no, Un- I'm unsubscribe. Done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Celine Dion's best friend is her backup dancer Pepe Munoz, and the tabloids were trying to say they were fucking, but Celine let everyone know he gay. So yep. a source tells Page Six that Pepe has taken control of Celine's life, and her inner circle is worried because she loves him so much that she listens to everything he says. Pepe is now Celine's creative director and has supposedly pushed out several key members of her team, including her stylist, La Roach. Hmm. Another source says that management has to go through him, and Celine's circle is now very, very small. It's basically Pepe, her hairdresser, and her stylist. But a different source says that Celine still calls the shots and there's no issues with her team. Oh my gosh, of course Celine still calls the shots. She's Celine. She's not a dummy, okay? Nobody has to be worried about this. If anyone is hypnotized by someone with like tons of charisma, it's Pepe. She probably makes him, like she probably makes everyone else go through Pepe first because she needs some time for herself. Yeah. At least that's what I'm telling myself because I Tell don't want to believe that. that Celine is being controlled well, by Pepe. I'm about to get a little serious. Okay. So Celine was controlled by Rene, Rene <laughs> for decades upon decades upon decades. And Beginning now when she was what? How old? <laughs> a fetus. Yeah. Which that's another issue for another podcast. Yeah. Uh, not right. Mm-hmm. But and now she's allegedly being controlled by Pepe. Mm-hmm. So someone needs to save Celine. And that someone is Celine, so she can finally break free from controlling men and be the independent woman we know she is. So, Celine, grab yourself a kayak. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Grab a kayak. What? That's my <laughs> other favorite Celine Gra- quote. Grab so, a what? A kayak. So, Celine, she <sighs> oh was like, she was. I think it was Larry King. She was interviewed about Hurricane Katrina, or was during Hurricane Katrina. Okay. And there were people like stuck in their houses. Right. And they were there for days and days and days and days. Right. So Celine was so upset and was telling like the you know the authorities to break through those walls. Grab a kayak. Nobody can open any roofs. Did the helicopter's have, flying in. Take two people at a time. Take a kayak. Go into those walls. Like a kayak, like a thing to paddle. Yeah, so they can kayak over and save everyone. Oh my gosh, she's the best. She really is. Okay. The Victoria's Secret fashion show has been happening every year since 1995. That, you know, that's where the show where models break their backs from carrying 200 pound bedazzled angel wings while wearing panties and a bra. Mm -hmm. So that's been happening forever. So while Shanina Sheikh, who has been in the show five times, tells the Daily Telegraph that it's not happening this year, 
And she says around this time, she's usually getting her body ready for the show. But since it's not happening, she doesn't have to do that. She says that she's sure they'll do one in the future. Victoria's Secret had no comment. Mm -hmm. So many Leonardo DiCaprio jokes, right? I know. So little time. (laughs) You know, I feel really bad because if the show actually isn't going on, which it definitely isn't because Victoria's Secret, like the guys who run it are such a mess and they yeah, have, they've got ties mess. to Jeffrey Epstein again this is another podcast for another day but I just feel bad for all the horny middle-aged dads out there because how where are they gonna watch half-naked hotties strut around on tv like now they're gonna have to pretend I know that, to take that never in. happens yeah like if they want to see it now they're gonna have to pretend <laughs> to take an interest in love island when their wife is watching it like I just my heart goes out for them <laughs> But I, you know, I think they're totally doing a show this year. Okay. But it will be private and only feature models under 25 and will be held in Leonardo DiCaprio's living room <laughs> because how else does he pick out his next girlfriend? That's yeah. how it works. <laughs> so Kristen Stewart tells Vanity Fair that she talks to ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Saying, she did. if I'm in a weird small town making a movie and I'm in a strange apartment, I would literally be like, no, please, I cannot deal. Anyone else, but it cannot be me. Who knows what ghosts are, but there's an energy that I'm really sensitive to. Not just with ghosts, but with people. People stay in rooms all the time. People stay in rooms. (laughs) Kristen Stewart rented my bedroom while shooting a movie. Oh my God, people stay in rooms. Like every housekeeper in Las Vegas is like, yeah, they do. Duh. Yeah. The the ghosts, though, like, she doesn't have to worry about the ghosts because she probably walks in and the ghosts are like, no, it's cool. We're not interested. I don't want to be bored to death. Even though I'm already dead, I don't want to die a second time of boredom. I know. They're, they're, what they're saying is, get out of my room. You're scaring me. Get out of my stained room. <laughs> and honestly, whatever she's strange, she's smoking when she's talking to ghosts, tell me so I can stay away from that strain. Yeah. So finally, the Center for Science in the Public Interest... Are they related to that Halloween? What was that one? Uh, the Halloween and costume uh, guild. They must be related. Yeah. So they put out their annual list of food that can kill you, basically. Yeah. So they call it the Extreme Eating Awards. And it calls out restaurant and fast food dishes that are 1,500 to 2,300 calories each and packed with a day's supply of sugar, salt, and saturated fat. Mm-hmm. So on the list is the Cheesecake Factory's Cinnamon Roll Pancakes, which is 2,040 calories. Yeah, it is. Sonic's Oreo Peanut Butter Master Shake at 1,720 calories. Mm. Top Golf, which is a sports bar chain. I don't know, whatever. Sure. Made the list <laughs> with their injectable donut holes. That sounds like a nastier way of saying anal cream pie. Sounds injectable like ha- donut holes. Sounds like something that happens in a stained room. <laughs> It does many times. So that's um, so those are one thousand nine hundred seventy calories, and Chili's the Boss Burger at one thousand six hundred and fifty calories. Oh my god, it all sounds so good. <laughs> like I am, I'm going to America next week. I'm going to America. I, I, I'm coming to America, starring Allison. Starring Allison, her fat ass, going to go get some food. But I'm going to America next week, and like hearing all that stuff makes me so like I have a huge smile on my face, and I can't stop smiling because I'm just so excited. I love food like that, like that that Cheesecake Factory cinnamon rolls. I I know that these doctors are telling me not to eat it, like that it's bad. But it's times like these that I wish that 
like these kind of medical studies were conducted in the same way that they do toothpaste commercials where they're like three and three out of four yeah. dentists recommend this toothpaste because I want to find that one doctor that would be like, yes, go to Cheesecake Factory, get two orders of those cinnamon roll pancakes or whatever, like have fun, enjoy yourself. Well, that doctor is probably a major investor in insulin. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Right. And you, you won't even be able to brush your teeth afterward because you'll be on a gurney in a diabetic shock. My teeth will have all fallen out. Yeah. I'll be paying, I'll be tipping them in teeth being like, is this enough? So welcome to our third segment, which is a little bit different this week. We're answering a, I was going to say a viewer email, but that's not true. Nobody can see us. This is a listener email. Um, This is from uh, a listener named Manuel. Manuel, I'm not going to read your whole name in case you don't want that kind of information. Oh, no, there. he doesn't. He doesn't want no, people to know he listens to this. No, he doesn't like, want to end up on a list. No, he's like, can you just refer to me as Mr. M? Thank you. I don't even want my first name. In not this. even that. Not even M. <laughs> no. So uh, Manuel writes, I guess this can be directed towards Allison. Can you discuss milk in bags? And do you... <laughs> <laughs> Already, Manuel, this is a terrific email. Um, and do you buy... Or have bought milk in a bag. I was unaware of this until I've seen a few memes floating around on Instagram. First of all, what kind of memes are you looking at? <laughs> milk bag memes? But so I'm going to answer your question, Manuel, because I not only am I a Canadian person, and this is kind of a very Canadian thing, but I'm also from like the one of the biggest provinces that use milk bags. So, so not all provinces use milk bags no 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 so it's typically like the eastern provinces so like ontario and quebec and the maritimes and stuff like that so milk and bags isn't really anything new they do it in like iran and israel and eastern europe but all over the place um and it goes way back oh it goes way yeah it's like super old but in canada it's like a huge like jesus bought probably bought milk in a bag right yeah, well, like, he was, like, picking. He's like, oh, you only have cartons? I'm sorry, I only drink my milk in bags. Yeah. Oh, well, I think he turned water into milk in a bag. I think mm-hmm. that's what the Bible says. Yeah, I think that he tipped over the tables in the um, in the bank. I, can you tell in that I... bank. Can you tell that I've forgotten everything from Sunday school? Anyways, <laughs> so... So much like Jesus, um, a lot of people in Canada drink milk in bags. So we also have milk the same way Americans do, which is um, you guys have it in jugs and cartons. We do that too. But what milk in a Yeah, or some of us, we just drink it right out of the cow. The cow? Yes. (laughs) Those of us who like it super organic. Yeah. And yeah. And raw. So um, in Canada, with milk in a bag, you buy it in. So there's three bags of milk that come in one bag. It's a bag in a bag. It's like, okay. Let me ask you this yeah. real quick. Okay. Is it like how do they sell? Is it hung hung milk? Hung milk. <laughs> well, like, do they hang it on something in the refrigerator, <laughs> or do they put it like on a carton? Oh my god! I think we just found the title of the episode. By the way, hung, hung milk. milk. <laughs> so, um, no. So what you do is like, let's say when you walk up to the dairy area of your grocery store, there's like a whole shelf of cartons of milk, right? And then on the bottom shelf, there's milk crates, plastic milk crates that have these bags of milk in them and you just like reach in and okay. pick okay. one up so it's a it's like a little shopping bag right so inside okay, is yeah. three um bags of milk and so it's kind of like they're like 1.33333 liters or about a quart and a half of milk in each bag and they're like okay. a long rectangular bag they're very like jiggly like i think the best way i can describe it is like when i was a kid i'd never felt like a breast implant before 
Because, of course, what kid has felt a breast implant? I mean, I was going to say. Yeah, maybe the kid of a plastic surgeon. But, like, I would feel um, a bag of milk. And I was like, I bet this is what a fake boob feels like. And it kind of, it sort of does. So it's like a plastic. It does? Yeah, kind of. It's similar to it. Yeah, it's like kind of jiggly. And it's like plastic. It's hard. Well, isn't it like very liquidy? Yeah, it's like, it's more liquidy. It means like milk in a bag. Yes, it's it's literally a bag full of milk, <laughs> but um, but it's the thing is the bag has like no printing on it. It's just a completely clear plastic bag. Like they don't even have like the date printed on it. It's just. So how do you know when it goes bad? Okay, so on the outside of the first bag, the one that collects all three bags, there's a little tiny square tag, and that will have the date printed on it. And so when we were kids, we would collect those little tags, and sometimes, uh, what's it called? What I'm, ravers would like make jewelry out of them. Of course. Yeah. So, Naturally. <laughs> ravers love garbage jewelry. So let me ask you, what is... What is good about milk? Like, why is that better than milk in a carton? Okay. So is the, it cheaper? Yes. So it's way cheaper. It's like for a, you know, like a, a two liter carton of milk. You guys have two liters in the States, right? Sure. Or sorry, I, I guess it would milk. be a half half gallon. Okay. Okay. So you've got those big containers. So um, a three bag of milk package, that's like the same price. So you basically get twice the milk at the same price. Okay, so then when you get home, do you pour it in a jug? Or you just stick a hole straw in it, in it? <laughs> and then you, yeah, stick a straw in it or, or poke it with a fork and then you squeeze it in your mouth. No, so there's... Kind of like a, a, like a cow titty, yeah, cow nipple. Again, sounds like something that would happen in a room with a stain. Yeah. So there's like accoutrements. So you... A what? <laughs> Did I just introduce you to a word? Yeah. Accoutrements. Accoutrements, huh? No, I know that word, <laughs> yeah. but it is... Yeah, so there are accoutrements to go with this, and it's like you go and you get your plastic milk con- container, and you put the bag inside it. Some of them have lids, some of them don't. The ones without lids, you're like always spilling milk. Like I'm constantly spilling milk all over the place. So wait, so you don't pour the bag of milk into a jug? You put the jug bag of milk you, into yeah, you, a jug? Yeah, you put the bag. Why in don't the you jug? pour it into the jug? Oh, yuck, because it's like open. It's like pouring it into a big gulp. Well, glass. why don't you pour it into a jug with a lid? Because the, the bag is the jug. Like the bag is like its own jug. You just need like a handle to help you with that jug. Like okay. you, it's just like, because you don't want to trade. It's like, you you know, when you get kidnapped, it's like, don't go to a second location. With milk, it's like, don't put it in a second location. Like it's going to spoil. Well, the second location the is a stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> Always put it. So yeah, no, you put it, you put it in a thing to help you pour basically, because then it's just, it's clean, it's clean. It's like, you don't have to wash this thing out and sanitize it. You just take the bag out and then that's it. Like, you just take it out. And like milk comes in, like you can get big milk in every flavor of milk. So you get like skim, 1%, 2%, homo, chocolate. What'd you call me, Allison? (laughs) First you call me a coochie and now a... A coochie homo. <laughs> no, hom- homo milk. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your whole milk. That's your whole milk. Yeah. So, um, but the reason that Canada kind of adopted bagged milk was because, so I read about this, in 1967, they it was like introduced by Dow Chemical probably to push plastic. I mean, we're all like yeah. drowning in plastic now, so thanks Dow Chemical. But it's because it was lighter than glass bottles. Um, and it's like less waste. Like you can like literally fold up all your milk waste 
and put it in the trash. <laughs> that's, that's a big seller for people, I'm sure, is that you can fold up your milk waste. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, that's bag milk. It's like very, very common. It's cheap. The milk stays fresher too. That's something too, because you're only having like basically one liter at a time. Um, so it never goes bad or stinky or anything like that. Yeah, I'll stick with a carton. I don't drink cow's milk. But do they do that with like almond milk? No, that would be so expensive. <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, I'll stick with almond milk in a carton. But thank you for that education. I've been enlightened. You're welcome. I I basically can get my like teaching certificate now, I think. Oh yeah, you have your PH, PhD in hung milk now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there you go. That's the end of this episode of the only podcast where you'll hear about milk bags on the Royals. Yep. That's our band name. Milk okay. bags on the Royals. So, um, but if you've got questions like that, like mm-hmm. questions about Canada that our, our resident Canadian, master of everything Canadian, uh, can answer, or you want to give us a tip, whatever, email us at dtp at delisted.com, dtp at delisted.com. Yes, and if you're the kind of person who has ever bought chocolate milk in a bag, let me know if it's any good. I don't trust that milk. It's not. I haven't tasted it. I'll tell you it's not. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.